0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Notorious Women Podcast. I'm Lovetta. I'm Miriam. And welcome to Notorious Women Season 2, bitches. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) Welcome. Miriam, how do you feel about Season 2?
1: I'm so excited. You know, I was thinking, okay, so it's like Season 1 was like Christmas, okay? (laughs) And Season 2... Is like New Year's, right? Yeah, right. Great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's like like we're turning over a new leaf. Like we're we're starting. Wait a minute. A f- wait
0: a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If season two is New Year's, so season uh-huh. three is uh daylight Valentine's savings Day? time. Uh, no. <laughs> like Valentine's Day better. <laughs>
1: wait, what did you say? I didn't hear.
0: It. I said daylight savings time. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm a jerk. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> I totally am. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, I mean, we have season two, and we also have a new patron. Yes, I don't even know do. if you know this. Uh, oh, you do know this. I do Miriam, know this. Because I texted you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Snow Me. Snow Me. Snow Me. Snow Me. <laughs> thank okay. you so much for that.
1: Becoming a yes. tier
0: two patron on Patreon. We really, really appreciate it. Yes. Um, we are so thankful. We are gonna work on even more content for our patrons on Patreon. And if you want to become a patron like Snow Me on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash notorious women. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash notorious women. Hey hey. So, thank you. So I just wanted you. to give them a, a shout out. Thank you so much. We really really appreciate them and all of our patrons on Patreon.
1: Yes, we do. So, um, oof. New year.
0: New year. I new mean, year. is it a new year or is no, it just a new it. season? Okay,
1: shush. I'm living my new year life. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Honestly, we're about to we're about to go into my hot girl summer. Like
1: Okay. Remember, yes. I'm working. We're gonna. Go, mean, we're gonna get Lovetta a man. We got this. Not just a man.
0: I'm mm-hmm. gonna go on vacation. Vacazione. I'm mm-hmm. going to mm-hmm.
1: vacation with an. Figure accent. out a way. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Vacazione. Mm. I'm gonna find somebody's boat that I can lay topless on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or wear a bikini on, and I'm going to. Even though I'm dark skin, I'm going to get a tan. Yes. And I'm not gonna have. But girl, but, girl, PSA, don't forget the sunscreen. Always wear sunscreen, my friends. Even when you're a black person, yes. wear sunscreen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just going to get. If you're an
1: Ashkenazi Jew, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not going to just get one man. I'm going to get all the men this, <gasps> this summer because it's going to be oh. a hot girl summer. Mm. Okay.
1: Okay. I have to live my yeah. through you. I'm happily married. Happily.
0: Happy I gotta American. get my freak on. I gotta get my freak on. Um, I'm yeah, which I haven't had in like a long time. Like I don't long. think I've ever had like a, you know, where I, I'm going to go through a hotation as uh, <laughs> Issa said on. Yes, insecure, on, um, insecure. <laughs> I need a. I need oh to get my God. hotation. <laughs> Uh,
1: listen, listen, it worked for her. I mean, there was some messy road bumps uh, on the way. Like, yeah, mine lot. ain't gonna be that like, messy. Okay, no,
0: no, no, please don't let it be that messy. Because see, the secret to a hotation is you can't include exes. No, it's got to be all what? new yeah.
1: ones. Yeah, although some of those new ones, girl, your downstairs neighbor was a bad idea. Like, <laughs> no, because you have to see him every day. And he wasn't even good at what he was doing. But that's totally a side note. But, yeah. but you know that's that was where I I was like girl no 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 you can go to the next apartment building over and find someone there it's just you're gonna see him every day
0: I agree it's like what's that is it an idiom where it's like don't shit where you eat
1: yeah I don't know what that word is though but yeah but don't shit where you eat yeah
0: like yeah it's true like because it's complicated complicado.
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you high school
0: Spanish yeah Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's working Uh it's working (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on that note, I guess we should we get should. started. Yes. I believe I am first, and I okay. have a wonderful one to kick off our season two. Oh, I'm so I'm excited. A wonderful, notorious woman. Let's do it. um, and it's also a nod to what's going on today. Okay. Uh, with our former president. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I don't know what just happened, but I started laughing. Can't stop. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just cackled. I cackled when mm. the news broke of that.
1: Mm, um, so exciting.
0: Okay, go on. We'll see if anything comes of it, but I, I can still cackle. Um, so, my notorious woman for this wonderful uh, episode. New episode of season two is Monica Lewinsky, bitches.
1: Woo! Oh, my God. I love her. And we need to bring her back and apologize. Okay. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. (laughs)
0: Okay. Let's get into Miss Monica Lewinsky. So Monica Lewinsky was born Monica Samil Lewinsky on July 23rd, 1973 in San Francisco, California, okay. to Bernard Lewinsky, an oncologist, and Marcia K. Valensky, an author. Oh, OK. OK. So now though she was born in San Francisco, she grew up mainly in Brentwood and Beverly Hills. So money, bitches. Yes. 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 Monica comes from money, mm, not just money. Monet um, you
1: know, like Monet. She's she's rich, rich. You know, not yeah. yeah.
0: Now, though, she came from a well-off family, and her you know her family provided for her generously. Uh, her childhood was difficult. Oh, okay. about her childhood, she she told Barbara Walters in an interview in 1999 that her weight problems made her feel isolated and alone. Quote, I was very sensitive, so I couldn't take a joke, Lewinsky recalls. I remember sitting on my parents' bed and them practicing with me how to take a joke, how not to cry.
1: Oh, 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 God. She has yeah. my heart with that. I just growing up in the 80s and 90s was really terrible. Like
0: diet culture was like on fire. Like, yeah, I feel like. I mean, because diet coats has probably been a thing probably since like for women forever. But I think particularly in the 80s, because of the onslaught of like aerobic, <laughs> aerobics yes. culture.
1: Like, yes. <laughs> and that the idea that you can do something, you can quote unquote like fix it, which is like do a it. lie because our bodies, by the way, I have a lot of opinions about this because I work in the fitness industry. So I can tell you all. Your body is your body. The way you're shaped, the way you're designed, is mostly designed by genetics. You can build muscle, sure, and you should. You absolutely should. I'm in the fitness business for a reason, but like, you don't need to be skinny to be healthy. In fact, many people who are skinny are not healthy. It's nothing to do with one or the other.
0: So, and also, like as a kid as a you know kids should be thinking about their bodies but no. if you're raised in a in a family like let's say your mother has a weird relationship to dieting right mm-hmm. um it's you can internalize a lot of stuff especially if you're chunky but yeah. how many chunky kids turn out to be like swans like that's what i'm saying like can
1: i tell you something that i because again like i deep dive in this this is because i i see the reality of it i see mm -hmm. what diet what fitness what it does and i see the harm in diet culture like and it and it's it's very harmful um and one of the things that i think makes it worse is the idea that it defines who if you are a good person or not yeah. like and it absolutely needs to stop that needs to stop and this is like a fine example of a child who's traumatized has everything in the world but it was traumatized by this culture
0: okay and also living in beverly hills and Brentwood in the yeah. 80s like so um you now. She had a, reportedly she had a difficult relationship with her father, uh, but mm. she was very close to her mother. Okay. Um, and then later, when her parents divorced, they had a very acrimonious separation and divorced in the late '80s, and mm. that had a significant effect on her too as well. Uh, later, both of her parents uh, later remarried. Her mother married um, R. Peter Strauss, a media executive and former director of the Voice of America under. President Jimmy Carter. Oh, okay. So again, Monica eh, it comes mm. from a well-off family. Yeah, mm, yeah. Now she now growing up in the fa- now while growing up, she attended uh, Sinai Temple in Los Angeles and attended Sinai Akiba Academy. Uh, it's religious school. So she's a nice Jewish girl. I, I
1: know. I know this. I probably. I think I went to a Jewish school nearby. <laughs> temple emmanuel if y'all know these things
0: yeah so she's a nice okay she's a nice jewish girl um now when she graduated high school in 1991 she didn't go off to a four-year college or university uh like you know other kids in her circle which i think is kind of that is unusual for someone from such a well-off connected family Uh, Maybe it's owing to like not being able to fit in and not, you know, and just sort of struggling socially. It could be that. Who knows? Uh, But she instead she attended Santa Monica College, a two year community college. Okay. And worked for the department, the drama department at Beverly Hills High School and at a tie shop. So this is her first two years of college. Interesting. For someone who probably didn't need a job
1: to choose to have a job.
0: Yeah. But here's the thing this is maybe why she stayed in the area too who knows in 1992 a year after graduating she allegedly began a five-year affair with andy Ble- bleiler her okay. married former high school drama instructor oh girl okay no 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 girl no.
1: that's a bad idea girl yeah all right. She told
0: Barbara Walters, quote, Andy made me feel sexy and get, and got, uh, get connected to um, my sensuality. Okay. End quote. Yeah. Now, in 1993, in an effort to end the affair, she enrolled at Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon. Okay. So to get away, to get out Wait, of town. Wait, was it a
1: five-year affair, you said?
0: Yeah, this is what it says. So I have <laughs> a feeling it was on and off. Cause, I mean, yeah he's also married mm. mm-hmm. uh, yeah um, and she she went on to graduate with a BA in psychology from uh, the college in 1995 okay so she stayed on track probably owing to her nice Jewish parents uh, pressure like you gotta yeah. get your degree yep. um, I know exactly what happened yep yeah <laughs> Now, with assistance uh, of a family from family connections, because again, she is connected she got an unpaid summer White House internship in the office of White House Chief of Staff Leon Panetta, OK, and moved to D.C. in July of 1995. Now, in okay. December of 1995, she moved to a paid position in the White House of Legislative Affairs where she met President Bill Clinton. Yes, she did. It was at this time that Monica, now 22 at this mm-hmm. time, started having an affair with President Bill Clinton, who was 49 at the time. Oh, my God. Yes. All right. Now, I'm wondering, mm-hmm. this makes <laughs> a lot more sense now because she had already had an affair with a married former teacher. Right. Right. So that's because when I was her age, I would not I would have been horrified by oh, the, me too. the idea mm-hmm. of having having anything with any mm-hmm. kind of married mm-hmm. man. Like, I would have been like gross. I would have said that. even like, if I thought gross. he was sexy, even if I thought he was sexy, yeah. because, again, I know a lot of times people make, you know, like, ew. but I mean, have you seen Bill? Do you remember what Bill Clinton was like then? Like I do. Bill Clinton <laughs> is still the old man now. But Bill is very. um uh, very charming. appealing. He's yes. very charming. He has a lot of charisma, and he's very tall, and and he's not a bad looking guy. I know, but he too struggled with weight when he was younger. I did not
1: know that. I mean, yes. I listen. I would have been like, ew, gross. But let me explain. I had a lot of fear when I was that age. Like, I remember, I, w- I had a lot of like, oh god. What would he want me to do? Like, that's where I was coming from. I was a very, like, I protected myself. So anyone, like, I remember I was 17 when I started college. I turned 18 right away, but I was still a month 17. And this guy hit on me. And to this day, I mean, I'm very happily married. But I thought, oh, my God, what is he doing? He was 24 years old. And I was like... So old. And he, he was, like, not even... He wasn't even bad. He was like, "You're cute." You know, it was like, <laughs> And I was yeah. like, "Ew." Ew. But that that's that's where I and he was cute and smart. I had no like this I was very much a me problem.
0: I mean, I will say 24 and 17 is not bad, but that cuz he's that's like grad student. Yeah, he was a grad student. That's like, that's like grad student. And you're like a freshman in college. So I'd yeah, be yeah. Like, and I was yeah. still, I still was
1: very much, that's why I like when yeah. my kids talk about being teenagers, I'm like, just so you know, you're still a child. Now I know you're not, I said, you're not going to feel like a child. Like yeah, in retrospect, the reason I reacted was because I was still kind of a child, you know? <laughs> like,
0: well, Monica was not a child. Uh, no. At 22, but I mean, I, she still was. Because I mean, yeah, there's a big age difference. But I, I think I, yeah. these are two adults, but For me, it's not even the age thing. It's it's you know, the obviously this is your boss, but also he's a married man. Like he's also the president of the United States. Yeah, he'll grown he's a grown ass man. It's not like he's twenty-five or twenty-eight, which you think is like a huge age difference when you're twenty-two. You do. He's forty-nine, but he's also a married man.
1: But now, again, I have, a, I, I have a theory that it has a has something I think in her head and I'm making shit up. We could ask her. She's still around that because she had so much issue with her weight and her appearance and her sense of worth that these older men gave her that. They that in a way gave her that sense of worth in a way that she did not believe she could get from uh, up here.
0: I think you're on to something because she uh, also told Barbara Walters in the interview that about the first time she saw Bill Clinton she said okay. quote my breath was taken away he stepped onto the platform and it was this man who was full of energy and sensuality and attractiveness and from that moment on the few occasions when I saw him there was intense eye contact end quote I mean, so also yeah when you know, older people can see the the charm of younger people. Um, it's not just the youth, but they can see you in a light that you can't see when you're that age.
1: Yeah. Especially if you sure. have low
0: self-esteem. Um, and then, you know, father issues. I mean, who, who doesn't have father issues these days, but uh, both <laughs> men and women. But yeah. For sure. But she. I, I think you're on to something there when, when you talk about that. I I think she would just say, Oh, I was just attracted to them. But it's it's also men, grown ass men, know how to give women attention. Yep. Whereas guys your own age don't use it. they still try to figure it out. They're like, They just you don't uh-uh. know. Yeah.
1: And and you she's know. I'm I've seen her. She was wrong. She was a beautiful woman. Yeah. She can could see have, it now, I'm sure, but she couldn't yeah. see it then. You, you know? can so, always see it in Russia. I see pictures of myself and I'm like, my God. I was gorgeous. What was my problem? <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, as far as see so this is what she told Barbara Walters about the first time she saw him. So soon after the two started flirting. Okay. And then Lewinsky one day blurted out, quote, I have a crush on you to Clinton. Okay. And Clinton reportedly replied, Quote, Well, do you want to come into the back office? <laughs> And that's another thing because grown as people and it's so funny because younger men that's what they like about older women cuz grown as people tell you what they want like they're like yes. there's no pussyfooting around that's like yeah. they know how to flirt but they're like yeah let's let's go back to the back office and uh get to know each other a little bit more <laughs> Jesus But can now, we all like- of this Yeah. All of this sounds exciting, except the fact that he's a married man and he's your boss. And he's your
1: boss. But also, like, he knows better. He could have been like, that's sweet, but I'm married. And we didn't really like.
0: But the same way that we're saying that older people can see the charm in younger people, younger people can see the charm in older people that they don't feel as well and that's why these really oh yeah oh no clinton listen let let me be clear if clinton bill clinton was my husband he probably would disappear they probably (laughs) would be like oh not disappear they'd be like oh Oh, the president had a heart attack in his sleep (laughs) a week after this came out they're like oh maybe the stress (laughs) got to him no I put something in his drink. This motherfucker gotta die embarrassing me like this. Okay. okay. This,
1: right? It's embarrassing, right? Oh my God. I would have
0: strangled him with my bare fucking hands. Like, you couldn't keep your dick in your pants from the intern, motherfucker. Really? This is what we do. Listen,
1: this feels like the song Burn from Hamilton because everything is from Hamilton. In my heart. And that's exactly like I feel you because of
0: burn. I can't sing the song. So that is the well, only attempt. I, I I burn everything down. But I, to, to mm-hmm. your point, both of them are to blame because he's a married man. He should have been like, oh, well, that's sweet. Well. And then, like, made sure she didn't come near him because mm-hmm. he knew he can't trust himself to be alone mm-hmm. with her. Instead mm-hmm. of being like, "Well, well, come into my back office." Okay, that's a terrible Clinton. It's a terrible Clinton. <laughs> it's not. It's not so bad, actually. <laughs> Everything is foghorn leghorn. I'm just saying. <laughs> um. So the two started having an affair. Okay. Um. They they spent, in fact, and they were not like secret about it. So the affair, they spent so much time together in the West Wing that the the deputy chief of staff had her transferred to the Pentagon in April of ninety six. Wow, because okay. that's how obvious it was, right? Yeah. So and Clinton's got other issues, which I'm going to get to right now. So okay, um, but despite the transfer, they didn't stop. She didn't. They didn't stop seeing each other. She didn't stop wanting or trying to see him. I should say. So in October of 1996, the notorious footage of her waiting in a crowd of admirers at the Democratic fundraiser. Mm-hmm. So this is the if you go and yeah. look up Monica Lewinsky, they'll show this clip over and over and over again. So this is after the affair has gone on for a while and she's been transferred by her. Her immediate boss is like,
1: oh, no, we can't have this. I mean, her immediate boss tried to save the situation.
0: Yeah. Know. Yeah, as as you should um and so she's waiting and he sees her and she hugs him she's looking up at him like just with admiration mm-hmm. um now after she had transferred to the pentagon she uh befriended <laughs> so monica is a very uh and i think she probably would agree with this today she was a very naive and very young and immature 22 year old 23 year old she was a very you know just like even, A, making the choice to have an affair with your boss, bad idea. Yeah. Making a choice to have uh, uh, an affair with a married boss, bad idea. Making a choice to be so like uncouth <laughs> while having on having said affair go on in the fucking White House, right?
1: Because mm-hmm. so, the affair you're having is with, the, once again, the president of president the United, United. States.
0: Yeah. yeah. And her boss, her immediate boss, is trying to save the situation but she's like no I still want to see him so she's I, she strikes me as just a very immature for her age in a lot of ways
1: well i mean do you and, remember that feeling do you remember being that age and having a crush on someone yes it's but so i would not
0: powerful i wouldn't have this kind of would, crush on a married would, ass man i
1: like. wouldn't i would never have done anything about it again i was scared of a 24 year old when i was 17 but yeah I I do understand like that like oh I can't not you no know, if this be near was him
0: even anyway. with the age difference if this if he were not her boss <laughs> the president of the United States and married. Mm-hmm. We would be like, ah, oh, the age difference is uh, eh, but I can understand it's a romance. It's basically a harlequin romance. It
1: is so totally a harlequin if romance. If he were
0: single. <laughs> if
1: he were not married, which he should not be if he is going to fuck her. I'll say it. I'll say it.
0: Yeah, even if he is even if he is a president, if he were single or widowed, this would be a harlequin romance. Right? <laughs> totally. Like I'd read So I book. understand her feeling and also she's a very like um and when I say immature is that yeah, she would get caught up in that feeling. Yeah. It's almost like she's still seventeen, she's still sixteen, she's still yeah. fifteen, and not realizing that she's a grown woman and these these actions have consequences, right? Because yep. it's like obviously she didn't think this through, which a lot of people who have affairs don't think through, right? Yeah,
1: that's a that's a fair point. Huh, huh, so did you see what I did there? I I see mm, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Keep in mind, she's, you know, she seems pretty like immature, not really thinking this through, but she's caught up in the emotions and the feelings and the, you know, the lust and all this other stuff. Right. So she's over at the Pentagon and she's still trying to call him and she's probably frustrated. She can't get a hold of him like she used to. She can't get access to him. So she starts she starts talking to her new coworker and new best bud, Mm. Linda Tripp, Mm -hmm. who was Mm. also a lot older than her. Mm. okay Mm -hmm. now at this time clinton apparently had a lot of problems of keeping his uh thing in his pants because clinton (laughs) when he was governor of arkansas was accused of sexually harassing uh several women but including state employee paula jones or allegedly i should say I, i don't know if it's several women or if it's a few but anyway but paula jones was one of these women right and this and just for context for our listeners Clinton was a Democratic Republican. uh, What a Democratic, a Democrat president. Yes, he was also called Slick Willie because he Mm. oh he's a charmer. He's a charmer, charmer, charmer. I happened to like Clinton as president. I liked him because he was cutthroat and he often would tell the Republicans to uh, suck it, uh, and he would get his way often. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that part of it, but also as such. The Republicans hated Bill Clinton. They hated that he was so charismatic because, you know, before Clinton, the only other Democratic uh, president that they could uh, pile on top of was Jimmy Carter, who a lot of people say had a terrible presidency. But Jimmy Carter's turned out to be a a wonderful human being, period. And so. Bill Clinton comes along and he has all the swagger. And again, he's very charming. He's tall. He's handsome. He's very, very smart. He was a Rhodes Scholar. He also had a great ability of 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 explaining very complicated things in a very simple way. Yes. So he's very popular, but he also couldn't keep his his uh, apparently his, just, in his pants. He just allegedly the zipper
1: kept up. You know, like you need know, to like a needle and thread maybe, and like sew that zipper and like, yeah, you know, have to pee himself. But, you know, I'm good so, with that.
0: So he was, he was vulnerable and the Republicans went after him in a way in the very vulnerable spot that he had. And this was yeah. his interactions with women that work for him um, in his vicinity, right? So all of this is, is swirling around. So they're just looking at ways to get at him, right? And then, so the Paula Jones case was well-known the people are pursuing that yeah. so when Lewinsky starts talking to Linda Tripp she Linda Tripp being older yeah. realized the juicy because at first she probably thought oh this girl's just going on and on and on about some guys she probably was like oh Bill like oh my god da, da, da. and then when she realized he was talking she was talking about Bill Clinton the president then <laughs> Bill, Linda Bill Tripp <laughs> Linda Tripp started recording Monica Lewinsky without her knowledge. I didn't, you know. On behalf, first uh on her own, and then on behalf of the FBI in the fall of
1: 1997. So like, okay. Like, obviously he should keep in his pants. I get it. But like, do we we crumble a presidency because he took his dick out? And she, you know like it and she wanted it you like I, let me rephrase,
0: this was <laughs> yeah, not, rephrase that <laughs> let me rephrase that
1: this was not unsolicited with
0: monica and it was yeah and i mean listen it's i'm not going to defend either um monica Lewinsky or bill clinton uh uh you know actions in this in in this case But in light of what we know today of what's Mm -hmm. going on with the Republicans, uh, all the excuses they're making for their guy, this, okay, so before I go through, so I'm going to go through the- This is
1: Sesame Street compared to what's happening now.
0: Just so you guys know, the reason why we're saying this is because in the end, okay, so let me just go through. So Linda started recording Monica. Monica thinks she's just talking to a friend. So she was really- she was used. And again, this is her naivete. She's like very young, very immature for her age in a lot of ways, because she should have kept this to herself, really, mm. or told her own girlfriends that she had known for years. But maybe she go. didn't have a lot of friends. But I also think she probably was lonely being in Washington, away from her family. She's very close to their family. But anyway, Linda um, took advantage of her. So so did Bill Clinton. So yes. did Linda Tripp. She yes. took advantage of her. So now when uh Paula Jones's attorney found out about the recordings, all bets were off. OK, yep. so on January 7th, 1998, Lewinsky uh, files an affidavit in the Jones case in which she denies ever having a sexual relationship with President Clinton. So Linda's phone call- conversations go out. Paula Jones' attorney finds out, of course, they contact Monica Lewinsky because they want her to testify on their behalf mm-hmm. to show like a pattern of behavior, right? Right. So Monica's like, I thought I was just talking to my girlfriend. And then she realized she, that she had been duped, basically. Ugh, so. That sucks. January 7th, she's trying to cover and her parents, obviously, they're well connected. So they immediately got her uh, legal representation to try and cover her because they realize she's thinking this is just a personal right. uh, relationship. But they're using her personal relationship for political means. Right. Yep. So she lawyers yep. up as well. So she files this affidavit affidavit in January of 1998, January 7th, January 9th. Linda Tripp delivers the tapes to her lawyer, Jim Moody. January 12th, Linda Tripp contacts the office of Whitewater independent counsel, Ken Starr.
1: Okay. To
0: talk about the tapes that she, the conversation she had with Lewinsky. Um, she, she tells, uh, Ken Starr that it's a, that in these conversations, Monica Lewinsky is detailing an affair with Clinton. Um, and also implicating Clinton's friend, Vernon Jordan. Who told oh. her, who told Lewinsky, apparently, to lie about the alleged affair under oath. Oh, so, shit. So okay. all this stuff's going around. January okay. 13th of that year, a yeah. uh, trip wired uh, by the FBI agents with Star meets with Monica Lewinsky in the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Bar in Pentagon City, Virginia, and records their conversation. Oh, so my she's God. still trying, yeah. This bitch, they will say. January 14th. Okay. January 14th, Lewinsky gives Trip a document headed points to make in an affidavit. Uh, coaching Trip. So then, Monica, probably on the advice, allegedly, of her lawyers, is trying to because um, she doesn't realize that it's all come from Linda. <laughs> she still think that Linda's oh, her really? friend. Oh, really? Oh, my God. She doesn't realize this Yo. at this moment. There's January like a 16th. girl code
1: that Linda is like hardcore breaking. Hardcore.
0: And again, Linda's a lot older than um, Girl Monica. code is girl code. I don't I care know, how No, I, I, I get it. Okay. I get it. But like, yeah. Um, so January 16th can Starr contacts Attorney General uh, Janet Reno to get permission to expand his probe. Now, this probe again Mm -hmm. is to find out about the president's personal sexual relationships right yeah Mm -hmm. so that in january 1998 news of the sexual relationship broke in the press yep so monica lewinsky instantly becomes notorious she has to spend weeks in hiding from public attention um she goes uh, to her mother's residence at the watergate complex um you know they dig into her past and find out the affair with the former teacher Ugh. um they all this stuff you know that that tape of her hugging waiting for clinton all that comes up all of this stuff now in august of 90 1998 monica Lewinsky appears before the grand jury and takes a stand where she details her sexual encounter so she's gotten like you know um her lawyers have been like you gotta come clean because they're gonna try and 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 they want him and if they have to get knock you over to get to him that's what they're gonna do yeah for sure so she so she details their sexual encounters um uh with the president on over nine occasions beginning in november of 95 through march of 97 and she did say that the first lady hillary clinton was at the white house for a portion of these times oh Mm. now clinton on -hmm. the other hand said said that there was no sexual relations with that woman. No, I'm just kidding. So yeah. he said that there was no sexual relationship. Yeah, I remember that. Or improper sexual relationship, which he defended as so then he he starts doing some pip talk. Like uh they were like, but then later on you lied and said there was no sexual relation. he was like, Well, at the time you asked me the question, there was no sexual relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's like again, mm. slick willy. That's mm-hmm. what they call it at the time. That's what they call a boy, slick willy. Yeah. Now, ultimately, you guys can read about all of the, the ins and outs. Ultimately, this probe headed by Ken Starr spent over 50 million American dollars going after Clinton and basically using the fact that he lied about the affair to impeach him. It's not that he had the affair. Nope. It's that he lied about it. So it's not that you pay off a porn star. No. It's, that it's that you use it's, it's, it. it's the money it's the money you use. How you got the money? Did it come from campaign things, right? allegedly? This is not the crime, it's the lying about it, it's the cover up, right? That's the old saying in politics. It's not the the crime, it's the cover up of the crime. Watergate. It's not the, just that a yeah. Watergate it's the covering up of the Watergate crime.
1: Although that so, was also a crime. But yes, it was a crime,
0: too. Yeah. So all of this led 50 million dollars later,
1: led Damn. to Clinton,
0: Bill Clinton being impeached on December 19th, 1998. OK, yep. now. So that is one of the reasons that Monica Lewinsky is notorious. That's the main reason she's notorious now, since then, and just keep in mind, this is a 22 year old woman who thinks she's having an inappropriate affair with a married older man. And, but complicated by it's, it's a president who's embroiled in political uh, uh, people who are out to get him. So it turns into a whole other thing. And she, unfairly so and I think because the 90s were so fucked up we as a society yeah. realized that we failed Monica Lewinsky in a lot of ways including yeah. you know women including women who would consider themselves uh, you know feminist uh, we failed her because we didn't realize to your point earlier she's a 22 year old making terrible decisions which a lot of 22 year olds make but yeah. she got the brunt of the demonization um she got like the whole blue dress affair where oh my she, God. she told Linda Tripp in one of these conversations about um uh Clinton Seaman ending up on one of on her dress, a blue dress. Uh and that Next was Next thing you uh, know, it's like
1: the cover of like the daily news is that fucking blue dress with like a circle around come on it that was, was like you bought that at the gap leave her alone like jesus yeah
0: and and just the thing like again like you we as a society we put the blame i feel like too much on her her shoulders yeah and not on his his blame came from like his political enemies right right but it's like no motherfucker like you were a married man you of, of the two, you should have been like, Oh, it's flattering that this young woman is, you know, has a crush on me, mm. but let me like avoid this situation. Let me avoid being alone with her, even though I like the attention and da, da, da. Like you have a lot more to lose than this young woman, but she ended up losing basically. So, so just so you know, when this broke, she did the Barbara Walters special and it is really weird. And that's what I mean about saying how like she's very in, in, Inmature in a lot of ways, because in this interview, she's very she's gushing about like how sexy he is and like how I don't think it really fully hit her like the truth of her circumstances when she did this interview.
1: I don't think so either. And I think that that while the Republicans loved to bash Clinton for it, the Democrats were like, yes, but calm down. It's you know, it doesn't define his policies and what he's doing as a president, right. but everybody shit on her. Like it was yeah. like equal opportunity. And she, she was still kind of young and kind of unaware of the greater impact this had on, on the world.
0: Yeah. Do you even know- though she- even though this interview was after she did this interview in March, on March 3rd, 1999, even in the interview, it still, and the interview, by the way, was watched by over 70 million Americans. Yes. Yeah. The interview with Barbara Walters on wow. ABC. Wow. Now, she was paid $500,000 for her participation um, in a book. Um, And another one million for international rights, uh, to the Barbara Walters interview. But she had a lot of legal bills and she could no longer work, right? Yeah. So that was her job. She like so other like other twenty-three year olds, twenty-four-year-olds who are starting, you know, careers somewhere, she can't really do that because again, she's framed as like uh, and she was now. Don't get me wrong. She was wrong. She shouldn't have been trying. She shouldn't have been yeah, pursuing no. a married man. She said she she shouldn't have been doing this. And she was a grown up. But she the blame. She got more of the blame for this than she should have gotten.
1: That the like. thing is, is like, no, yo, it was a bad idea and she shouldn't have done it. Absolutely. But do we have to vilify her as evil? Which is right. what happened. And you're looking around at like, look, listen, okay. So 1999, that was a year I studied abroad and I traveled. And at one point found myself in Italy at the bottom of a volcano on a beach with a friend. And this boy comes up and it's Italy in the nineties. And he's like, hey, ciao Bella. And I was like, hi, because I was young and dumb too. And he says to me, what's going on with your president? And I was like, I know very little. And he said, our president, he has all these girls We're like, hooray, hooray, your president, he stops being a president. And I was like, America is weird.
0: It was like, well, I mean, it's it's because the the Republicans were like, oh, the Democrats are morally bankrupt. Yeah, that's where they're that they right. Yeah, this proves it. And again, remember today? Remember what yeah. we're going through right now. So mm-hmm. I'm almost finished here. So she she struggled. Even though at first I think a part of her was like, oh, I'm a celebrity now. Let me see if I can, in, you know, uh, make money off of this, if this yeah. is a good thing. I think she tried her best. She didn't
1: have a, a way to have a job. So I kind of see didn't where she was coming from.
0: I also think she just tried her best to kind of like what Stormy Daniels is doing today. And because we are. This many decades past that. And so yeah. because of because of Clinton and Monica Lewinsky scandal, I think that's why Stormy Daniels has a different she has different options now. And also Stormy yeah. Daniels is an, an actual um, a professional. She's a pre- professional right. porn star. Oh, she was at the time. Um, but you know she and so we're in a different place as a society so I think Monica did the best she could um, again she had a lot of legal fees she had living expenses and um, she in the 2000 at the start of 2000 she was hired by Jenny Craig to be uh, oh, yeah. a spokesperson and but it did not go well because the backlash the moral backlash against her Oh was shit. was so strong that the company stopped running the uh ads and some of the local um um uh, uh like the lo- like it's a a franchise some of the local franchise uh owners yeah. just wouldn't run the ad period. So they eventually stopped running the ad. Uh, they, it started in February 2000 and they stopped running it in April and only paid her 300,000 of the $1 million that they had promised her.
1: Oof. I mean, so 300,000 is not bad though.
0: Yeah, but you know, taxes yeah, no, and I, like, it's, it ain't a million. It's no, like a no. third of what they promised you. So she moved back to New York. She also started a, 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 a handbag line for a while. Um, and then after about, Around 2002, she realized she could no longer stay in the United States. It was just untenable for her, oh. uh, so she moved to the UK and she worked briefly uh, for Channel Five. Um, she also hosted a couple reality shows in the early 2000s, uh, but she, but eventually she got her stride. She got a little bit older and got maybe a little bit more frame of reference. She ended up getting her master of science degree from the London school of economics oh. in 2014. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good yeah. for her. Now that same year, she wrote an essay uh, uh, for vanity fair magazine called shame and survival, where she discussed her life in the scandal. So again, we have some, Ooh. you know, we have a frame of reference. Yeah, uh, We're 20 plus years on. So, um, or almost twenty years off, uh, almost twenty years on, and so she, you know, she has some clarity and some, you know, some a frame of reference to think about that, uh, like her, like how all that played out, her role in it, uh, but also understanding that it was an Im- it was an imbalance of power. Which, duh, on the outside. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. When you're older, you—that's probably what older people are trying to tell her. That's why you say, "No, yes. girl, this is a bad idea, girl." Mm-hmm. 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 Um, but again, the public was so nasty to her. You know, it's she so much so that she became a huge proponent, and still today, of cyberbullying. She oh. took a stance beginning in October of 2014. Um and speaking at a Forbes magazine 30 under th- 30 summit about her experience in the aftermath of the scandal and she said quote having survived myself what I want to do now is help other victims of the shame game survive too end quote
1: good for her that's amazing
0: yeah I love and then, that and then in the um the you know the the kickoff of the Me Too movement in ho- Hollywood, that is, because yeah. it was already started by Tarana Burke. Uh, she's the one that coined the term Me Too uh, in 2017. Lewinsky kind of, she tweeted and she kind of stepped her toe into saying, basically, she said Me Too at first and people we were like, hmm? like, no, girl, yeah. you did this, like, volunteer, it ain't the same thing. And then later on, she kind of qualified and said that, you know, her experience is certainly not uh, a me too movement in the purest form that other women are going through, but she's still trying to make sense of like the power imbalance. You know, he was her yeah. boss. He was the president of the United States. He was 27 years older than her.
1: I um, mean, the power imbalance is mess. I mean, I cannot think of a greater power imbalance than a president of this country and a young intern. Like,
0: you know what I mean? But I w- I and I get her what she's saying but I also want her to and I think she later acknowledged that yeah there's nuance in this that the the me it would be more of a me too if he was pursuing her and she was trying to right. spurn him but she was actively pursuing him yeah like even when her boss was like Mm-mm, yeah she was like trying to get in touch with him trying to find him showed up at the, at this thing and so but there is a pow- power power. Um, imbalance and there's no denying that and again we as a society failed Monica Lewinsky in the 90s and I think I want to make that clear today however she's active on Twitter which I follow her and she is hilarious (laughs) and I will say yeah I love that she finally has found her groove it seems like like she I think she probably like yeah it wasn't quite me too was a power imbalance but to also own up to her own part in it but I also think that we as a society owe her an apology by the way we treated her and bullied her and people talked about her weight her looks all this stuff and Clinton didn't get really any of that Clinton got his comeuppance from his political rivals again $50 million to to impeach a man who lied about having an affair with an intern Mm -hmm. like not thought, about like I thought selling were secrets. worried about
1: money why are we spending money when we don't have to be and also
0: mm. he is not taking classified documents and no. kissing the boot in the ring of Russia but, right. Right there. but you're you're, are there. yeah, yeah. But I digress. But I just want to <laughs> say, like Monica Lewinsky, I really admire her for having survived all of this, because I think yeah. now in into in the modern world, we can really appreciate the stuff she had to go through. And she had to go through it in a way without like Twitter, without being able to s- tell yeah, her we, side of the story. Like We could
1: never see her side of the story in a way if this was happening now, you would 100 percent she would have had a following. She would have had support because she would have been able to kind of, we would have been able to at least have empathy for her because we'd be able to see her side as opposed to her standing there crying and, you know, her, her damn blue dress with a circle on it, on the cover of every newspaper, you know?
0: And I will end by saying that she has since written about like uh, this whole experience and, you know, the, Conflation with, uh, Me Too. She even admits that it's, it's not quite the same thing, but she has written since then, now in her forties that, you know, she has a more healthy relationship to it. But quote, she said, uh, but as for me, my history and how I fit in personally, i.e. the Me Too movement, I'm sorry to say I don't have a definitive answer yet on the meaning of all the events that led to the 1998 investigation. I am unpacking and reprocessing what happened to me. Over and over and over again, end quote. So I think that, okay. and this was a couple of years ago that she read, uh, that she wrote this. This is before the pandemic. And so I think since then, if you follow her on Twitter, I highly recommend you go and follow Monica Lewinsky on Twitter because also I think she's embraced like how she's been in rap songs. She's like, she's like a cultural <laughs> reference. And, okay, and also, yeah. can I just say a stunner? Yeah, like, hot. <laughs> a stunner. Like, okay. But I think she has now a healthy relationship to her, her notorious past and like right. what it all means. But I also think that we as a public have been like, yeah, we did Monica wrong. Like we. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like she was young and she was dumb. <laughs> Placeable. Right, like, like if you're gonna like been? forgive
1: your friends who do stupid <laughs> shit when they're 22, why can't you do the same thing for her? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and she was a pawn. She doesn't, be, she doesn't have to be right in order for us to be nice to her. And know? give her
0: grace. And give, give her, her grace,
1: grace, which is all we want for ourselves, you know, and our exactly. friends and our family, right?
0: Yeah. So that is Monica Lewinsky. Awesome. uh, My notorious woman for season two.
1: That is a great that is a great way to start start us off. (laughs) I have a very different journey to go on. This this is okay. So I learned about this woman, and I'll just start with her name, which is Anna Mendieta. Now she's Cuban. So I'm obviously pronouncing it a little bit wrong, but that's, you know, Anna. We'll go with Anna. Okay. Could be Anna.
0: It's probably I'm say, Anna.
1: It's probably Anna, huh? Should I go with Anna? I don't know.
0: Anna. We're go I Anna. mean, we're, we're American, so we're like we're Anna.
1: Anna. It's not my Anna. Anna. I'll open my mouth a little more. Um, okay. I'm going to go with Anna. You've convinced me. Anna. Um, she, have you ever heard of her? Anna Mendieta? No. So as soon as I started researching her, a friend of mine posted some of her work on like Instagram. And I was like, oh, am I the last to know about her? Oh, okay. Um, but I guess you and I are together the last to know. Yeah,
0: tell me. Um,
1: Anna Mendieta, she was born 1948 in Havana, Cuba. As a child, she was sheltered, uh, upper class. She attended an all-girls Catholic private school at 12 years old so Havana Cuba 12 years old 1960 she was sent to America along with her sister Rocklyn, um who was 15 so she was 12 her sister's 15 um as part of the Peter Pan operation which was have you heard of this no so i guess it between 1960 and 1962 America sponsored a uh, a project for cuban children to flee fidel castro's dictatorship now it conveyed over fourteen thousand miners to the United States within those two years, and by they, themselves. I mean, yes.
0: I don't. Oh, that's. I've I never mean, heard of this.
1: Um, they operated so that they didn't want it to be seen as an anti-Castro political undertaking, but like it was because that's why they were doing it. Right. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like in World War II. When they took the the kids from London and took them to the countryside. But that was like London to the country. Like a train will take you there and back, you know. This is a boat. Um, So they were by themselves. They spent some time as refugees in Florida before being sent to Iowa. There they lived in foster homes. And it says here they were enrolled in reform school because... Oh, I don't
0: like the sound of this.
1: Wikipedia no. says that the court wanted to avoid sending them to a state school. I think there's so much politics in this, but like you took the child. I'm so confused. I'm too. I don't know. Like I, I tried to find more and I, but so I, they took and are the there 14,000 kids in reform schools in the United States that they took from Cuba? Like, is that what
0: happened? Yeah, So I'm sure they sold it to the parents like, oh, this is new yeah, opportunities for the kids. But then they put them in reform schools right? in Iowa. Right. I'm so confused. OK. Very, very confusing. Wow. So
1: and they didn't really know a lot of English. Of uh, course their not. Par- their, right. Why would they? <laughs> I mean, right. don't send me to Cuba. I don't know Spanish. Like, that's what right. would happen. Right. Yeah. Um, their parents were able to get a power of attorney to keep them together. I don't know how but like other turns other siblings were separated wow america's got history um so both of the girls were very interested in art and this helped them deal with their new harsh school system and probably the ptsd from being separated from their parents um so we'll get to that in a minute. And then 1966, they were reunited with their mother and younger brother. So she was 12 in 1960. So not till 12 plus six is 18. Math is power. Um, <laughs> they didn't see their mother again till then. Oh, my God. that's That's like,
0: wow. Ooh, bad, maybe. That's a lot for a young person to take, like basically between to all through your teenage years you're separated in a foreign country now her father was a political
1: prisoner um and so he'd been in a prison for almost two decades and he got he was able to move out in 1979. But I'm wondering if maybe she and her sister would have been better off suddenly becoming poor in Cuba than getting displaced.
0: I I don't understand why they didn't take the children, because I'm assuming they're doing it under the guise of like helping the children. Why didn't they just go to like families? Like why didn't families just take the children? Because then it would have been
1: obvious, because the family, like the wife of the political prisoner is, is going to America.
0: No, no, no. I mean, like, why when they came to America, why didn't they place the kids with like actual families versus a reform school? They,
1: I don't know. Because
0: reform school is where you send kids who are behaving badly. badly. Usually,
1: yeah, it's like juvenile hall or reform yeah. school, or the that's where those conversations lie. Okay. And then it that's makes you so wonder: goodness. were they trying to help funding reform schools? I don't know. Oh. I. Oh. don't trust okay. anybody to do anything right these days so it okay. just i i don't understand it yeah, i don't it's so understand weird
0: it. so she's so she's 18 she's reunited because, reunited because with her if mother. you're like
1: oh we didn't want to do a state school because then it would be like you know money you know for public education catholic school wouldn't
0: yeah i'm just we could, so confused we could have we yeah. done
1: a catholic school Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she graduated from high school and she went to the University of Iowa to study French and art. Um, and she was very, very interested in art and she became this great artist. I'll just share that. Oh, that's that.
0: good. Okay. So,
1: um, mostly she did paintings at first. That was her early work, but then she enrolled in Hans Breeder's innovative and progressive intermedia art course intermedia not intermediate which i thought was the word no intermedia yeah i get it now
0: Mixed i don't media. know like a
1: ton about like this kind of art so bear with me
0: me me either so
1: okay like there's a whole thing like a whole thing mm. and that's why people study and go to school and like learn things right, right. so um She says, the turning point in art was in 1972 when I realized that my paintings were not real enough for what I want the image to convey. And by real, I mean, I wanted my images to have power, to be magic. So her professor turned her on to the newly burgeoning performance art scene and groups such as the Viennese actionists. I don't know who they are. Look them up. Sounds interesting. Okay. Um... But what I do know is that she began to experiment using her own body and blood as a medium. And she incorporated aspects of live ritual from religions like Santeria into her work.
0: Oh, this yeah. took a turn. Oh, oh, it did.
1: Okay. Yes, it did. Oh, okay. Uh huh. And Santeria, from what I read, is like a Catholic sect that is, I, th- I don't know if it's, all of Latin America, but it's in it's in Cuba for sure and it's a little more mystical.
0: Yeah, I think it's um I could be wrong, but my understanding is that Santaria yeah. is like a combination of like hoodoo, not voodoo, but hoodoo practices, okay. which are um ancient uh African practices, spiritual practices that was brought over with uh slaves to uh south and central america and mixed uh-huh. with with catholic uh beliefs and so it creates but it is it's considered a, a sect a religious sect it is oh I, but that's very cool that is my understanding i could be completely wrong please listeners tell us if we are way off but okay i feel Santa like that Dia. feels right that's what i think it is yeah but you so know it's like because people forget like uh caribbeans and latin american and black americans didn't exist before the slave trade remember that right so yeah
1: fact what do you yeah. mean well well just open a book
0: uh, it's all created but, out of the slave trade yeah people forget yeah. that about central and south america
1: and and i think it's actually really cool i like that i like that the original religions didn't die right and that right and that they were able to thrive despite the harshest of circumstances. So that's kind of cool. And she kind of, you know, dove into that too. Um, And she was awesome. So she, so what this did was she was able to realistically portray um, themes like gender fluidity and cultural marginalization and domestic violence. Like, She, like, we need her now. Um, She experimented with body alteration in works where she changed the appearance of, or she, like, manipulated the perception that she was female. And there's, I mean, there's a lot, like, you guys can delve into what she did. It's very, very cool. Um, So her work was somewhat autobiographical, so she drew from her history of being displaced from her native cuba so that was that was something she used her art her whole life to try to to, to come to terms with um, her themes were feminism violence life death identity place and belonging um, a lot of her work was uh ephemeral outdoor performances and photographs and sculptures and drawings um, it says that she, her works were generally associated with the four classical elements. She focused on the spiritual and physical connection with the earth. She felt like by uniting her body with the earth, she could become whole again. Like even just reading oh, this is kind of yeah. very poetic and she just, and and if you think about like how she kind of came to these terms and this, this knowledge and her, is just from her and her journey to come to terms with things.
0: I will say that uh, the mention of like blood. Yeah. Um, kind of grosses me out, but. It's, it's
1: I will say this, Lavetta Don't look at all of her work. That's okay. what I will say. Good to yeah. know. But she's, and think about in the 70s, she's very
0: like. 70s were wild man yeah. I think people forget were, it was wild <laughs> and they were you know
1: coming like i think like pulling 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 the veil off of people's eyes right well we had you know the um oh my god why can't i remember the 1964 civil rights act thank you <laughs> Brain, tired, need more coffee.
0: You're going to lose your ally ally card.
1: I really, I'm about to, and that's totally fair. I apologize. Um, But it was, like, the 60s were about, like, no, this bullshit has been going on and we need to stop. And it got so heavy that we actually had laws. And then the 70s are like, okay, let's find our true humanity. Let's, like, connect ourselves. And she, like, dove in head
0: first. Yeah, the 70s were that and a bunch of, like, also dropping acid yes (laughs) mushrooms so many smoking (laughs) smoking (laughs) the the 70s was so wild but also really fucking cool a lot of great stuff a lot of cultural great cultural stuff came out of the 70s and
1: and super necessary i think super necessary um so she says this about her body and the earth quote Through my earth body sculptures, I become one with the earth. I become an extension of nature and nature becomes an extension of my body. This obsessive act of reasserting my ties with the earth is really the reactivation of primeval beliefs in an omnipresent female force. The after image of being encompassing within the womb is a manifestation of my thirst for being. Cool, right? Alrighty then. I know. Uh, yeah. uh, groovy is what I want to say about that. Cool, man.
0: Cool, dude. Yeah. Cool, yeah, man. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Um, she produced over 200 works of art using earth wow. as a sculptural medium. And her techniques were mainly influenced by Afro-Cuban um, traditions. Yeah. So she, around this time, began, began a decades-long affair we have a theme today um, with her teacher who was 13 years her senior. Mm-hmm. We have a theme today. Uh, so Hans Breeder influenced her in a lot of ways. I'm not going to go on about what he did because I don't care. Mm. Um, but he did introduce her to a lot of people who would also be influential in her work as well. Um in the summer of 1971, she left Iowa to travel to Mexico for research. She was concerned with the painful remnants of her cultural displacement from Cuba. And in her quote, her, she was quote, going back to the source. Because um, okay. she couldn't, I don't think she could actually go back to Cuba itself. Yeah. Until exactly. The, 1980. Exactly. Um, and this was how she carried out, quote, a dialogue between the landscape and the female body. So she used her body heavily uh as um a representation of other bodies marginalized by race, violence and gender. So she was she she was sort of well ahead of her time and awareness at how all of this is kind of fluid, everything we are here to do, race and it's all fluid. Um she has a silhouette. I'm saying that so wrong, but silhouette series, <clears throat> S-I-L-U-E-T-A, um, from 1973 to 1980, um, where she would imprint her body into the earth. She'd make silhouettes and then she'd paint it with like blood or found materials. Lavetta, you should probably not go look at this, but everyone else. Is it- it's cool. Does it look actually. like blood though? Does it Yeah, or does it, and some of okay. the stuff she uses like doesn't look like like isn't blood, but kind of looks like blood. Like she yeah. used like it's actually really cool. Like it's it's beautiful, I okay. I would say. Now, quick quick trigger warning, because there's there was a bad thing that happened, not to her, but on campus. So I'm gonna throw that out there to a woman. Um, which was the beginning of her um her sort of mature stage of art is how she sees it. There was a girl on campus at the University of Iowa campus who had been raped and murdered in 1973. And she created um, like a really powerful, complicated piece that like you could walk in and talk about this piece while people were actively in the room acting out the piece i'm not going to explain it any further because this is super dark
0: it's it's basically but just performative per, per, performance art yes
1: like, it's performance okay. art and this okay. was when she was like i'm i'm not fucking around and she like which was i mean very very powerful yeah so in 1980 she returned to cuba for the first time uh since she had left as a child And over the next few years, she was able to return on several occasions. She worked as a tour guide for the Cuban cultural center. Um, and she also started writing poetry. Now, after she received her MFA from the university of Iowa, she moved to New York where she met and befriended many female artists at the forefront of the feminist movement, such as Mary Beth Edelson, Nancy Sparrow and Carolee Schneeman. Now, Mary Beth Edelson, uh, supported her to join and, and encouraged her to join the artists in residence incorporated, which I've, I didn't know this. It was the first gallery in the United States established solely for women. Now, oh. right. I didn't know that was a thing. Neither. She met her future husband who, uh, Carl Andre, who was a minimalist sculptor at that gallery. So, After two years of active involvement in in the A.I.R., uh, she remarked, quote, you're going to like this one. Ready? American feminism, as it stands, is basically a white middle class movement. No, really? I know you didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to let you know now for the first time. Okay. Um, because what she was doing was more than feminism. Right. You know, she was, this is not just one problem. This is a humanity problem. We need to come to terms with our humanity. I love her so much. Um, She's badass. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, but the, the, she did, in 1982, she left the AIR because she had made a peace with her uh, boyfriend, later husband, Uh, and submitted to the gallery and they denied it because it's supposed to be all female and he is male. Okay. Um, Although as I speak, I think there might have been more going on. Yeah. Yeah. So a year later she moved to Rome as part of the prestigious American Academy residency. And she started making sculptures and drawings using natural elements And she uh, was awarded the Rome Prize in 1983. Now, during this time, her relationship with him was not doing great. But in January of 1985, they surprised everyone with news of a private wedding ceremony in Rome.
0: And this is with the boyfriend from? Yeah. Okay.
1: Carl Andre. So here's where it gets really, really sad. So a few months later, they were in New York. And she died. She was 37 years old by tragically falling 33 floors from the window of the apartment she shared with Andre. And she fell onto the roof of a deli. (gasps) No. And what's very messed up about it is that um, it was a very... It was an, and it was the created, her body created an indent, right? And it was an awful echo of the work that she had been doing, right? That's fucked up. So in a verdict that divided the art world, Andre was acquitted of committing second degree murder even though neighbors of them had heard a woman's screams of no, and he was seen with scratches on his face. I mean, I yeah. was
0: going to say, mm-hmm. because I am a true crime person, is like, yep. like usually, because usually if you live in New York, you know, like to be careful yeah. out on the balcony or yep.
1: like. You, yep.
0: I mean, um, it could be they could have been fighting and then it was an accident or I mean, he was, acquitted. he was acquitted. Here's what
1: he was quoted as saying that they had been arguing over the fact that he was becoming more successful than she was. And that fact depressed her enough to commit suicide.
0: Oh, oh. yeah. OK. Mm
1: hmm. So that, that I don't feels, know if I buy that, but no, uh, no, I don't. And a lot of people did not. And the fact that he got off is so terrible
0: at 30. 30 what did you say? 36, 37, 37. A woman who survived being pulled from her homeland mm-hmm. and sent yep. to fucking Iowa. And away so, from her parents like mm-hmm. it was so distraught that her boyfriend is getting more attention to her that she jumps like, fuck you, man. I don't You're know about dick. that, dude. That's albeit suspicious, allegedly. Um <laughs> As people like to say.
1: I mean, allegedly. It's alleged. Super allegedly suspicious. Super, super yeah. keyword. So her friends and her artist circles um, were like, fuck off. She would never do that. And. Um, they said she was incapable of killing herself and in the courtroom and this is really fucked up her artwork was used in court proceedings to back up the claim that her death had been a suicide an action that her loved ones denounced said her work was about life and power and energy and not about death like you're asking a judge to interpret
0: artwork oh my god yeah. And also, I I would imagine like this is where cultural like her foreignness is probably weaponized against her. Like, yeah, you know, like you say, like, I, even though I'm like, oh, I'm grossed out by blood. But like once you said, oh, she you know, she practiced Santeria like it's, she's yeah, it's- I'm like, oh, OK. So it's interpretive. It's like, wow, she managed to create something so unique. Uh, and I, I bet sometimes beautiful, sometimes not. And that was the point. Yes. Uh, to create art and I can see it and appreciate for what it is but I would imagine people are like oh she's this foreign stuff so she was just emotional and emotional Latina yeah you know, yep.
1: like yeah obviously she just you know you know how Latinas are they jump and out women of women in general and women, women, women get hysterical general. bitches right yeah. women
0: these mm-hmm. bitches be hysterical it's like okay
1: yeah the, I, this could not be more obvious and yet it's this world renowned don't sue me uh-huh.
0: world-renowned successful artist just decides yeah. to kill herself at such a young age okay all right yeah
1: yeah. hmm um, so this acquittal it caused an uproar among feminists in the art world it apparently remains controversial uh, in 2010 there was a symposium called where is Anna Mendieta uh, and it was held at New York University to commemorate the 25th anniversary of her death in May 2014, the feminist protest group No Wave Performance Task Force staged a protest in front of the Dia Arts Foundation, which was a retrospective on Carl Andre. Um, The group deposited piles of animal blood and guts in front of the establishment with protesters donning transparent tracksuits with I wish Anna Mendieta was still alive written on them.
0: Damn.
1: So they're still (laughs) fighting. Yeah, they are. I mean this was this was 1985. Um wow. and she she has since she has influenced an, like many oh, modern artists. Oh
0: yeah, I bet. Um I bet.
1: she's actually very very big in the art world. I'm just ignorant of much of the art world. Yeah, so, me too. Um that is her, Ana Mendieta.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for sure, and also like, like is there a true crime story about her? Or what? I I'm sure mean, there's, because that they're... does sound suspicious as fuck. I I'm mean, just saying, mm.
1: I'm like wondering where this miniseries is. You know what I'm saying? Because also, let's like watch her create her art because it's like it's really cool. Like it's, it's not stuff. And as someone who like, I, you know, I'm in fitness and stuff and I work with body. So it's really cool to see what she does, like in the human form. Like I really appreciated it. And I'd never heard of her before. Okay.
0: I'll check some of it out. Even if it's got blood in it. Girl, not all of it, but some of it. (laughs) Ana Mendieta. Yes. Mendieta. Ana Mendieta. 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 Okay, <laughs> si see <yeah>, Just <laughs> Senora. Oh God. All right. <laughs> uh, uh I'm excuse you, it's see si senorita. Okay. So, senor- yeah. Uh-huh. Is one
1: like married and one not? I didn't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, senorita. Senorita.
1: Like my... senorita. No, that's Senori- okay. sorry
0: <laughs> No, that's amazing. Ana Mendieta. Oh, thank you so much for sharing her story. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. And, and, and listeners tell us if we've missed something, if there is like a story out there, like a true crime series or something about um, her life and, yeah. and mysterious death or, or, or I guess it's not so mysterious, but uh, mm. because it did go to court, but mm. uh, fascinating. Thank you so much. What a way to kick off our season two, episode one of Notorious Women podcast. Uh, guys, as always, thank you for joining us. Please remember to like us on all the things, to share us uh, with your friends and family. Like I always like to say, just copy the link to the episodes and send it to them via text or email. Yeah. Uh, uh, cause if you just tell people about it, they'll be like, oh, that sounds really cool. And then they'll forget when they'll they want to listen to something. So, yeah. uh, but thank you as always for listening to us. Thank you for, uh, helping us to, uh, get through season one. Uh, we appreciate all the love and support, uh, to, again, if you want to, uh, support us on Patreon, please feel free to go to patreon.com slash notorious women. That's P A T R E O N dot com slash notorious women. Uh, subscribe, like, oh, and leave a comment five stars. Five star, please.
1: Five star. And if you can't leave a comment, but like, I feel like you can, but if you can't, just like click the five stars in your thing, it's real easy. Just like point and click.
0: I mean, even I can
1: do that, and I'm the worst technology person you'll ever (laughs) meet.
0: Absolutely, we appreciate it because it helps people find us in the iTunes Store, or on Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So, uh, and then Mary's going to tell you where you can find us on IG and email. That's
1: right. So IG is, is so easy. It's Notorious Women Podcast. Come join us. Welcome. It's fun. I have fun with it. Um, and then Gmail we have is Notorious WM Pod at gmail.com if that's too complicated you can also follow us on insta and dm and we will we will see that as well so yes um, both work but if you have long things to say please feel free to email
0: yes and and forgive us if it takes us a little time to respond to to comments or messages we are a little slow in the uptake
1: yep but (laughs) we're learning and we're growing as people and that's what's important
0: exactly I mean we're nerds but we're not like tech nerds
1: no no very different kind of nerds
0: yeah we're like uh, hobbits and (laughs) and musical theater nerds that's what we are Mm -hmm. so alright guys that wraps it up we will see you guys next week thank you bye 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 -bye. Produced by Audavita Studios connect your voice to the world